Hello, I'm David King, and welcome to the United Methodist Ministry Academy podcast. This is episode zero, Who, What, Why? In this first pre-episode, I want to tell you what I have in mind for this project, who I am, what it is I think I have to offer, and what my motivations are for doing this. If you don't want to know all that, you just want to get to the content, go ahead and skip the rest of this episode. So first, who am I? I'm a United Methodist pastor. I'm one of your colleagues in the Columbia District. I pastor a Lutheran Methodist cooperative congregation in Hood River, Oregon. I'm also the parent of three kids, all three through adoption, all of whom are children of color, and all of whom are in middle school right now. My wife, Melissa, is a public school teacher. I'm a member of the District Committee on Ordained Ministry, which is how I came to know about the seven of you. And I just finished a PhD program in New Testament at Isleff School of Theology, one of our United Methodist seminaries. So I heard about the seven of you from our district superintendent, Erin Martin, and she very excitedly told me and others that, that through the Innovation and Vitality Project, led by Dr. Leroy Barber, seven innovative leaders, mostly people of color, mostly with limited background in United Methodism, are going to be assigned as spiritual and pastoral leaders in the Columbia District. And she told me that you would be assigned to do new and bold and innovative mission. And also that you would be assigned to work from within contexts of existing United Methodist congregations. And I thought, whoa, that sounds like a very tall order. There is an inherent and huge tension between those two tasks. Your strength and your expertise comes from the fact that you come from outside the United Methodist system. And we know that the system is broken in a lot of ways. We know that the system has a tendency to stifle creativity and movement. We know that the system has not proven up to the task of adapting to our contemporary society. We know that it has not been up to the task of dealing with systemic racism and sexism and other forms of prejudice. We know that it has failed to stay relevant and vital. And that's where you come in, right? The seven of you are supposed to come in from outside the United Methodist bubble, and you're supposed to make bold and innovative changes in the church to help lead a movement of the Holy Spirit, to reach out to communities that United Methodists have been bad at reaching out to. Oh, and also, by the way, we still want you to work from within the systems and structures that we are trying to break away from. That sounds incredibly difficult. So I wanted to know, what kind of support is the district going to give you to help you with that Herculean task? Now, I want to tell you up front that I am not much of an innovator. I'm not a natural entrepreneur. I'm not a community organizer. I'm also white and male and straight and a lifelong United Methodist. Basically, I'm the representation of everything that has failed in the United Methodist system. So I am under no illusions that I have anything to offer you in terms of how to be bold and innovative. I recognize that I am not the kind of leader that the church needs right now. 
And I trust that God has called you here because you have the gifts and graces for bold and innovative leadership. And I also know that you have Dr. Barber and the rest of the IV team to help support you in your innovative mission. And at the same time, I know that you've been called to do this work within an institution that is resistant to change and that you may not be very familiar with. I remember when I was in my first pastoral appointment. I was a lifelong United Methodist. I went to a United Methodist seminary, and yet I still felt really abandoned when I got out into the parish for the first time. I didn't have a mentor or someone to bounce ideas off of. And for the first several months, there just weren't any systems of support in place. I felt like I was out there all alone. I felt very vulnerable. Now, I know that a lot of you already have plenty of ministry experience and you're not out there for the very first time, but you are being dropped into a context that's probably a little unfamiliar, and I don't want you to be out there all alone like I felt. I want to at least offer what I can. That's why I lobbied for the district to bring you together for some mutual support, but also to offer you some resources that can help you to navigate the system. My motivation is to help support you in the ministry to which you have been truly called by God. And you know what? It is entirely possible that I will not have that much to offer you. Like I said, I'm kind of the embodiment of the system that you have been called to reform and to overcome. I don't want to be the mansplainer or the whitesplainer if I can avoid it. And if the most supportive thing that I can do is to get the heck out of your way, then that's what I'll do. But I want to at least offer you access to some of the institutional knowledge that might help you in your vocation. It's not my intention to teach you the correct United Methodist way to do things, though I don't doubt that I might do that unintentionally at times, and hopefully you can call me out on that. But maybe I can familiarize you with some of the institutional landscape so that you can anticipate a wall before you bump into it. I'm not trying to tell you to stay inside the walls. We have plenty of leaders who know how to stay inside the walls. But if I can help you to anticipate an institutional wall, maybe you won't get bruised by running into it. Maybe you can come to it with a ladder already in hand. Or maybe you will decide that the better tool for the situation is a bulldozer. But that's what I want to offer you, just a glimpse of what's out there, if I can, and if that's useful to you. So why do this in the form of a podcast? We could just tell you to read a bunch of books, right? Read the Book of Discipline, read the Book of Worship, read the Sermons of John Wesley, read whatever other book on Methodist history or polity or theology or worship is out there. I don't know about you, but I've got plenty of books on my reading list already, and the stack just gets higher and higher. It's hard to take out time to just sit and read. And that's why I personally like listening to podcasts, because I can do it when I'm doing something else. And maybe that's something that would be helpful for you. It's just easier to consume. Besides, books are usually quite comprehensive. They offer a lot of detail. And quite frankly, a lot of the time, it's detail that you don't need. 
it is a waste of your very valuable time to read through the book of discipline from cover to cover. Please don't do that. (laughs) And besides, you're not here to learn how to do things the Methodist way. Now, hopefully, there are some things in the Methodist tradition that you will find meaningful and valuable, because this is collaborative work, and ideally, we will all be changed by it. But you don't need to be experts on Methodism, and if you tried to be, it would make you less effective. So in this podcast, I'd like to try to curate some of that information for you. Can I give it to you in a more compact, more usable form? Can I save you the wasted time of reading a bunch of mostly irrelevant books to find the few things that would actually be useful? That's part of what I want to do. I want to respect your time. A podcast, because it comes out in episodes, can also give you some power to shape the content. For the first few episodes, I'm going to have to do some guessing about what would be most useful for you. But as we go on, I want you to offer questions and critiques and even pushback so that what I offer you is actually useful. A podcast, of course, is not as good for dialogue as actually getting together in a room. But it's also not as much of a burden on your time. You can listen while you're doing something else. And more importantly, if I am talking about something that you don't care about or something that you already know, you don't have to keep listening. You can skip it. So that's my vision for this project. Hopefully you will find it useful please let me know how I can make it more relevant for you. You can email me at umministryacademy at gmail.com. There's also a place in the show notes where you can leave a voicemail with your feedback or questions. Now, this podcast is specifically for the seven of you, but it is also publicly available. So let me know if you want me to attribute your feedback to you or not. If you leave a voicemail... I'm going to assume that I have your permission to include your voice on a future episode, unless you tell me otherwise. But if you send me an email, I won't give your name unless you tell me that I can. The first episode, which is already out, is on the Books of United Methodism. It is a very brief overview of the books that are used most often in United Methodist churches and what you might find in them. After that, I plan to spend a few episodes on worship issues. So if you have questions about worship, please let me know. Thank you so much. Thank you for answering God's call in your life. Thank you for coming to the Columbia District. And please keep up the good work. I want to give special thanks to Andrew Morgan for helping me get this set up. And thanks also to Aaron Martin for supporting it.